Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, God and people. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, where you can learn to know and show the heart of God. And that's what counts. Thank you for joining me. Hello, we're talking about marriage again today. I think we could talk about marriage at least twice a month. There's a great book called Love and Respect, which examines the two commandments in Scripture. I always wondered why God put in Scripture for men to love their wives and women respect their husbands. Now, why the difference? Don't we both need respect and love? Of course we do. But I have found that men can be shamed by women with a word or a look or both. Men are meant to thrive on respect. So I think God had to remind us as women to respect them and not put them down. And women are built to thrive on love. So God had to remind the man to get with the program and love their wives the way they love to be loved. I had to train Mark to buy me gifts because it wasn't in his love language. And my girls still help him out, which is a good thing. I've recently discovered a secular book, which is fascinating. Listen to the title, How to Improve Your Marriage Without Talking About It. That is a great title. It's good for us talkers because when we've tried talking, we've realized that it doesn't always have great results. I can only recommend it through chapter three because that's as far as I've gotten. But they have some great statements about the contrasting needs of men and women. Men have issues with shame, and women have issues with fear. Think about it. Once we recognize those issues, we can approach our spouses accordingly with gentleness and understanding. Of course, it was my hairdresser who recommended this book, and you know that hairdressers are better than therapists because you leave not only with some good counsel, but a great head massage and hopefully great hair. No matter how long you're married, good marriage advice is always welcome. One time I asked my friend Liz, who is in her late 70s, I said, well, sometimes I get frustrated with Mark. And I said, would you give me some good counsel? And she said, you know what, Sue? Your husband's a lot like my Tom. And when I get frustrated, I just do this. I I was just hanging on every word. I go, what do you do? She goes, I thank God. God for my Tom, and I praise God for my Tom. And you know, that didn't sound particularly uh, huge, like she probably wouldn't write a book about it, but try it. Next time you're frustrated at your spouse, just praise the Lord and say, Lord, I want to thank you for Mark, and I want to praise you for Mark, and just see how that changes your attitude. Recently, I spent some time with some darling nieces in Iowa. I don't know if you know that the man plaid is from Iowa, which makes him particularly wonderful. And I decided to ask their advice on marriage. Now, they're all in their 30s. They are not old and gray, and they are still beautiful and smiling most times. But they have young children, and they married into my husband's family, and they smiled still on a regular basis. Enough said. So I said to them individually, what marriage advice could you tell me 
now that you've been married for five or six years that I could share with my daughters. My daughters are most likely going to get married someday, who knows, and they will take advice better from you than from me. That's just how it is. I love listening to my nieces. They had very good counsel, and it was fun just to get to know their hearts a little bit. Plus, I received a great refresher course, and I'm going to pass it on to you. Ashley answered a little too quickly, perhaps. She said, don't expect to change your husband. She may have said it in capital letters. You know how it is when someone says something in capital letters. Don't expect to change your husband. She didn't really yell it because she's too gracious. Well, then, I wish someone had told me that before I got married. Of course, before I got married, the man in plaid was perfect. (laughs) A cross between Jesus and Prince Charming, I told all my friends. So perhaps I would not have listened to that counsel. I'm not sure what it is about women, but we do like to help, quote unquote, our men become the men God intended. And the way I went about that self-appointed calling the first years of marriage did not work. Did not work. I'm saying that in all caps. Do we sharpen our guys like iron sharpens iron? You bet we do. It's the how and the why that counts. How do we exhort with gentleness, love, and respect? Why do we bring up a hard topic? It's for their good and for God's glory. And when the sharpening doesn't seem to lead anywhere, at least not on my time schedule, we leave it and them in God's very capable hands. When I asked that same question to Emma, she replied this way, stay in community with other couples. She and her husband are in a small group with other believers that continue to pour into their marriage. So smart. Why doesn't an accountability group come with the marriage license? I think it should be required. If you don't have one, start one. Small groups are as good as we are vulnerable and keep good confidences. You need both. We don't share our hurt and frustration at the expense of our spouse, of course. But we can learn to say what we need to say while still honoring the man that God sent us. And when we share our own failures and God's faithfulness, we encourage others along the way. My third niece, Casey, smiled and said this wisely. Tell your spouse what you need. I grinned when I heard her counsel. I learned the hard way that although my man in plaid could add 1,300 square foot unto our house almost single-handedly, I mean really, That's because he's from Iowa, maybe. And also take your gallbladder out in his spare time. He, for some uncanny reason, could not read my mind. Imagine, what do they teach these guys in medical school and seminary anyway? I find it much easier to say to Mark, you know, I could use a date. I could use some attention. It's your turn to choose the place and the time. But if it's Chili Peppers Restaurant one more time, I get two choices in a row next month. He married me for my humor, and I do us both a good turn to keep it light when it needs to be light, rather than blaming and victimizing myself as in woe is me. And when something's significant to me, that I say it in a quiet, gentle, non-accusing way. The next tip is from my sister, Lori. When I was wondering whether or not to marry Mark, I asked my younger sister for some advice. This is what I asked. What do you do about the things that bother you about Leonard, her husband? 
you know, like his idiosyncrasies. She did not get offended. Lori's husband, Leonard, has a PhD in music theory and composition. He memorizes great swaths of scripture in Hebrew, and he is a hobby botanist. Does that tell you anything? She answered in a profound way, and I loved it, and I pass it on as often as I can remember it. She answered, well, one of three things happen about those idiosyncrasies. One, they eventually no longer bother you. Two, they become funny or endearing, the stuff of family legend. Three, they still bother you. (laughs) All three have proven true in our 32 years of marriage. I have forgotten that certain things used to bug me. Other things we laugh about now, especially when the girls are home. And yes, some things still bother me, but by God's grace with less angst. What's the tip? Don't forget the grace of God and the perspective of time. God gives me the grace to forget, to laugh, and to endure, and he will give you the same, to forget, to laugh, and to endure with grace. Let's face it. Life takes a good dose of enduring. In fact, enduring in faith by grace is God's intention. As time goes by, your perspective may change more than your man. (laughs) Wouldn't that be funny? Wait to find out rather than bailing. It's worth it for everyone. All four tips can be said from two sides of a coin. What not to do and what to do. I'll add this essential. Forgiveness. Recalling how much God's forgiven me goes a long way in my forgiving someone who may need forgiving. I won't mention any names, though plaid apparel comes to mind. The greatest legacy we can leave our family is a healthy marriage. Does that mean it's happy all the time? I don't think so. It means we take turns submitting to one another. It does mean we are continuing to work on it. And a good marriage is worth the work invested. I'll place the links to these printable lists for you in the show notes. Of course, the list is not magic, but leaning on God to change our hearts for the sake of his kingdom, for the sake of our relationships is much more than magic. It's a treasure worth finding and worth keeping. Thanks for joining me today. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.